welcome to the Dave Chang Show. Uh, I'm going to... Chris, do you want to do the theme song to today's episode? Right. I'm going to do buy, you do selling. Ready? Yeah. Like a Broadway theater. Okay. Buying. Selling. Buying. <laughs> selling. Buying. <laughs> yes, that's right, folks. The Dave Chang Show. <laughs> Thank you, Ella Tango. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, the musical. Buying. Selling. <laughs> buying. Selling. Uh, we're joined with Noel, uh, who is uh, here for work. <laughs> She didn't, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't, she wasn't planning on being here. Um, we had another podcast plan today, mm-hmm. but somebody couldn't make it. So Noel was a good sport and said, oh, I'll move some meetings around. Yeah, I did. I actually, I had texted, you know, this weird description as to why I may or may not show up today. So don't, don't think that this was an automatic Yes. <laughs> she turned that on us pretty hard right there. <laughs> buying, selling, <laughs> buying. And we're joined with the very tall Yuno Lee. <laughs> very t- so tall. So tall. I just I, I I tried to be mean to him, and I said because he actually is physically gifted. Hmm. What is he? Six seven? What are you? Yeah, six. Six, six 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 six. That's the height of Michael Jordan. And I have to say, he's like 90% of Michael Jordan's athletic prowess. <laughs> uh-huh. So he should be on the end of his second NBA contract. If he played basketball, yeah. If he played basketball. It's a big if. That's where you would be in your career right now. Yeah. I, I told Dave I would probably have torn my ACL by now and uh, <laughs> been retired. You know, do you ever, do you ever lie about your height? I, I do. Actually, I, I'm technically closer to 6'7", but I tell people that I'm 6'6", six, because six, I feel to like... To be more normal. Yeah. It's <laughs> like getting into human. the freak range. Like, I need to chill out. Right. I think there's a there's a threshold. His where... brother is like 5'11". So, okay. So, I bet your brother, 5'11", probably sometimes lies the other way. He's like, oh, I'm 6. Well, Sono, uh, without disclosing too much, Sono has a, a scoliosis, so he should be 6'1". So, he oh, looks really oh, big for his range. Yeah. Whatever, 6'1". 6'7", dude. I know. But I love that he he's past the threshold where he has to lie the other way to be to be more human. And you know doesn't have a glandular problem. He he, he, he is naturally problem? high. You got any glandular problem? I do not have a glandular right? problem. Because Koreans are weirdly like, we're now high, we now are like the tall one of the tallest people in the world mm-hmm. really um i was crazy i didn't know that it's like finally the, finally you got some yeah, nutrition, all to do with nutrition, nutrition like, right now you got to be your um, they're not just potential. bovine growth hormone <laughs> experiments like myself so yeah i either produce now like 510 58 whatever no like 510 i think is average height or seven feet one and two seven feet two seven foot three they all play for yonsei basketball and they're just they're just mammoth human beings mm-hmm. that are plodding around with no athletic ability whatsoever. <laughs> and that's why I'm so bummed out that, you know, you know, you know, should be in the Bill Simmons top 100 basketball, but yeah. he's not. He should be on the other side of this conversation. No, he wouldn't be on this pot. He'd yeah. be like, We'd be Bill, Bill Simmons would be like, fuck, we got to get, you know, <laughs> how do we get, you know, back on this podcast? Did you ever think about playing basketball, you know? Uh, I did play when I was a kid, and I was no good. I wasn't very coordinated, and I always because you something. were you grew like but twelve so, inches in a year. 
I'm so confused, though. But you played water polo, but you weren't coordinated? How does that happen? I, I wasn't coordinated on land. I always used to joke. Did I you could play water polo because you could reach the bottom of the pool? No. walked around down there? I played water polo actually because I hated swimming. And I was like, well, there's a game where I can throw a ball around. So uh, I'll play that. And I just started playing water polo, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And you could do whatever you wanted in the water. You could punch people. You could, like, you know. It's 2023, Jeez, bro. Dude, yeah. Come on. I, excuse me. I'm hot zone over here, please. Let's let's keep that yeah. kind of discussion. Yeah. HR hot zones. <laughs> Do whatever you want. <laughs> Only you guys would take it that way. We're, no, we're, we're fighting for see. possession, no. okay? We're going to get into buying and selling, but the only thing I can think about without revealing the school, I was asked to do a commencement speech, mm-hmm. and it is really making my life hard. Um, because I couldn't say no. And because you can't do a bad job. Well, this is what really flipped the script on me. For those that have listened, anytime. It took me you know, close to a decade to come to this conclusion. And I just did that dinner in Las Vegas with Michael Mina and John George. And I shared with them. You know what I told Michael Mina about his dish? It was genius. I, told, um, I said, Michael Mina, chef, I'm going to give you the highest praise I can give you. You are truly many, many years, like wisdom. So we were doing the Chateau Margot dinner. So everyone had to do two dishes. We did the canapes. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Jude. And we did a game course. Michael Mina did dessert and fish and Jean George did appetizers and meat. I didn't see the dessert for Michael Mina, Mm -hmm. but his fish dish, brilliant. Just brilliant. Delicious. Everyone's pickups were very difficult, right? Even though we tried, I tried very hard to make this sandbaggable. And we were. We sandbagged the rice. We did crispy rice with duck. I did nothing, actually. <laughs> like most times in the kitchen. I did nothing because I was unable to move. I was leaning against the pass, unable to do anything. <laughs> and I couldn't bring my motorized cart uh, into the kitchen. Anyway, I digress <laughs> to the digression before the digression. <laughs> This is a footnote to that digression. Anyway. I couldn't get my motorized <laughs> wheelchair into the kitchen. So I said, so, so got it. I'm looking at this whole thing and I, I think, oh, I think we got a pretty good Sam. I like, I think we got a dish that won't overshine the wine and also be forgettable. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. I want, I think it's harder to make a dish that's a 70 passing intentional. It doesn't count if you just try to, I mean, if you didn't study and you just barely passed and you got a 70. To intentionally hit a 70 on the dot is harder than getting a 100%. Mm-hmm. And I like that challenge. I like, I, I'm a competitive person. I want that fucking 70. I thought our dish was a little too good. <laughs> I thought our dish was a little too good. I thought it was a B plus. Oh. <laughs> B plus. Not in terms of the deliciousness, right? Just in terms of the sandbagging of it all. Mm-hmm. And also the memorable moments of it all. Jean George, A, A, A. But he has to. But also, like, I don't know. Very, 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 a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. I don't know if I'd go there. Uh-huh. Many hands were involved to make his uh-huh. courses. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He did, like, the best of Jean George um, appetizers, like the crispy rice, the uni on pumpernickel with jalapeno. Amazing show. Anyway, I look at Michael Mina, and uh, his team is assembling batched steamed ocean trout. That was put in a combi oven mm-hmm. with cabbage and onions 
So the beautiful thing is it's steamed fish. You take the skin off and the presentation looked so intensely beautiful. It looked like many, many hands, but it wasn't. It was like watching a pitcher throw 27 pitches. <laughs> <laughs> in a nine inning game. Uh-huh. I really was like, holy fuck. Uh-huh. Man, I, I have so much to learn. Nothing but strikes. Master. <laughs> this fucking master figured out how to make this. And I was like, this guy's done this so many times. Mm-hmm. Just so in awe of this dish. To the mind, to, to the diner's eyes, like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's something I never calculated before. To, to like deke out the, the guest, mm-hmm. thinking that a lot of work was put into it, but the work was actually sandbagged and forgettable. Mm. It was a level of understanding that I, I just would never have comprehended. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, like, it was a humbling moment. <laughs> <laughs> to have, to, to think that you were a sandbag master. I got out sandbagged and mm. outclassed and you know what? I thought that, I told everybody, I hope this dish is forgettable. Yeah. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was. I think we were maybe the worst. I mean, so people understand, though, the, the forgettable nature is not just about effort. It's also because if you go too hard. Then you have to always get an A. Yeah. It's like an A-plus student. I don't know what that's like, but I've, <laughs> I've been friends with people. Right. You don't want to be Hermione Granger. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get that B. And everyone expects Then everyone's like, oh. What happened? Ew, what's slipping, wrong with you? Slipping. I know. <laughs> You know, so Mina, the sandbag master, he's a master in a lot of things, but it was a, it was a, a case study. We should be teaching that in culinary school. Master. What was the setup on the ocean trout? I don't I don't remember. remember. (laughs) That's the thing. I don't even remember. But it was delicious. You just saw the trays coming out of the coffee. It was like Kaiser fucking Soze. I ate Kaiser Soze. That's what it tastes like. I don't even know what the fuck happened. It was so good. I can't remember. That's the thing. It was mm-hmm. so good I couldn't remember. That's well, that's exactly where you want to be. Paired perfect with the wine, but I can't remember anything. I was like, that's fucking delicious. Right. That was fucking delicious. Pair's perfect. But I can't remember anything. <laughs> All I can remember is it was fucking delicious. Right. Right? And it was ocean trout. Right. Right, and it's a, and and more importantly, it's like an optical illusion. Nobody, I don't know what happened. Nobody, it was a Trump lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> this looks anyway, like so much for, if we haven't lost you guys yet, that's my goal: is to always try to. It's not like I'm not putting effort in. I'm putting effort to get a seventy. You want to intentionally be forgotten. Uh, you don't want to be like oh, that was the worst dish I've ever had. Oh, that sucked. Or if you go to an event like ah, oh, that I don't want to eat that. That's garbage. That, mm-hmm. that 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 chef is garbage. He makes garbage. Food. A lot of people say that about me anyway. But you also that's almost the worst thing is to be like, oh, can't wait for that th- this food from this chef that's coming to this pop up. Like, oh man, I had it last time. It was a life changing, transcendent moment. Right, you're fucked. Right, that chef is fucked. Straight right. fucked. <laughs> You'll never serve risotto again, chef. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Conant had the best. Sandbaggable. This is, if you go to the scoop and serve, we call it scoop and serve, like charity events and events where you go, you get a small plate of food, you know, and uh, it's just like sort of sad, but there's no other way for chefs to do it. And you have those uh, sterno things and, mm-hmm. you know, chafing dishes. I remember Marco Cunor, Jonathan Benno saying like, God damn Scott Conant, he always has the best fucking dish. 
And I know I've talked about this maybe before, maybe a few years back, but Scott Conant, the chef at these events, would do polenta with wild mushroom ragu. And it wasn't like fancy wild mushrooms. It was like cremini and shit. But <laughs> you would cook it down. And he's a great chef, right? Um, you would cook it. You would cook it down so it looked like a wild mushroom ragu, like all kinds of stuff. But it was, it was like the step below, like chanterelles and mm-hmm. maitake and stuff. And with a little like mushroom jus, everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. It's a crowd pleaser, minimum amount of work. Yeah, like that's the fucking goat. That's like the Bill Russell. <laughs> Of forgettable dishes. Uh-huh. Like crowd pleasing, and you're like, I don't know what I ate. It was really good. What was it? It was really good. <laughs> that's what you want to, you just want to associate that with your name. Like, I don't remember, but it was good, right? Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Every time. It's like hypnosis. You have no fucking idea. I'm now presented with a situation <laughs> where this is will live on forever on the internet for sure. Oh my god! I forgot what we were talking about. This is the commencement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. yeah. See, okay, I just okay. give you the okay. same thing. I just, if you had just done that whole speech just now, I would have left the commencement thinking, I don't remember what no, he talked really? about. It was fine. I, he said something about shooting. I got to do a commencement speech, and I'm in a lot of trouble. No, because I can't make it bad. You can't make it bad, and I can't be medium. I can't be seventy percent because that would. I have to go for like a 95 and above on a this is, this is the point is you can't shoot for 70 on this. You're shooting for an A. It's freaking plus. me out. And I, I got to put it in. Like, this has to be really good. Yeah, I know. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard as hell. I've been saying I'm fucked pretty much all day. Yesterday mm-hmm. and today. You've been saying it mm-hmm. since this since this happened. Yeah, yeah. Two days now. I, I texted Noel, Chris, and Chris. And I was like, what do I do? This is happening. <laughs> Can I say no? So and I can't. The stakes are high for a, a number of reasons. It actually, has nothing to do with just doing a good job for the commencement speech. There's there are stakes to this speech. Yeah, you've got to do a good job. The audience is important. Very important audience. But I don't remember. You don't remember a single thing from your commencement. You don't even remember who gave your commencement speech. I was so hungover. I don't remember either. Oh goodness. But the problem is because Noel Noel said in the office she said. Don't worry, you're not going to bomb at this, which is true. It's really hard to truly mm-hmm. bomb unless you go on a racist tirade at a commencement speech. Really? But we're not. We're not shooting for seventy. <laughs> he's shooting for. He's shooting for. This is a, I don't know what to do. But that's. The thing I've I, never tried to get a one hundred percent. But I think that you're overthinking this hundred percent for the speech. I don't you think just, he is. Really? I think he's got to go for it. I, I got to go, go for it. I got to go. I got to shoot the moon. I think on commencement that, speech. Honestly, I think that. I think that we're shooting for. I actually have no idea who David Chang is, yeah. but you should listen to this commencement yeah. speech. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. what you're really shooting for. Yeah. I, I've never read David Foster Wallace in my life, but oh, that guy did a good commencement speech. That's what you're shooting yeah. for with this. Or I've read David Foster Wallace, but all oh. you've done is. <laughs> <laughs> it's how people talk. Sometimes when I meet Asian Americans, like I hate your food, but I love what you're doing for Asian representation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. I can see this as like. I fucking hate him. I hate his restaurants. Yeah. But man, this speech, it's really worth it. Like, that's the benchmark <laughs> that we got to go for. I know. I know. Man, not now. <laughs> I, like, you know how hard that's going to be? I got to overcome hatred. Honestly, I don't disagree about this. I think he's got to go mm. for it. I know, I know it sounds like overinflated, but I actually think you've got to shoot for the moon on this one. Oh, man, I'm dead. Yeah. And I have very little time. 
You have plenty of time. I woke up time. at 5.30. I did the bicycle because I can do stuff now a little bit. And I sat down at 7 o'clock. I had 30 minutes before Hugo got up, and I started to write. Mm-hmm. That's how scared I am. Yes, he got up and write out fucking bad ideas. He didn't just put it into chat GPT. That's how serious yeah. this is. Oh. It's going to be tough. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I, okay, that's the, okay I, I agree with that, actually. I can't give, I, I can't pull any quotes from Teddy Roosevelt, man in the, man in the arena. These are the no-nos we discussed. Yeah. He's, he said, so I can't just quote other speeches. I can't take Goethe and oh, fucking just take goodness. Behold Magic or Boldness and fucking graduate. Now we got this. This speech I, will be good. I, I, I have to be uplifting. I was told this is mm-hmm. their, one of their best days in their lives. They're going to be ecstatic. She was a... Applying, don't be the depressing motherfucker. What is the ideal big another big day? A wedding, right? There's a sweet spot of the length of a ceremony. Oh, good question. Well, good let question. me tell you what. I should have been to. I've never been a best man, but I've been in weddings where there's no best men, and I, I've been in weddings where it was so intimate and everybody spoke <laughs> except me. <laughs> Oh, no. There's only six of us here. Does anybody else have anything to say? I'm good. No. Oh, I'm so drunk. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But yeah. what do you think the length of a commencement? I think it's going to be. I was told 15 minutes. 15 minutes, right? I was told 15 mm-hmm. minutes. 15 minutes is a long fucking time. That is going to be a long speech. I just want to say congratulations. It's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. San Dimas High School football. <laughs> Walk off the stage. <laughs> what do you think the ideal length of a. Graduate. What was the ideal length of a wedding ceremony? I will tell you one thing, and this all makes sense later when we're able to reveal where they say, "Hey, this is this is a speech from 2022, 2021. Don't look at 20 blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Don't even look at that." Oh. And I said, "Why? <laughs> because it'll mess you up." <laughs> oh. There's a high bar. I like, see. And no script, totally off the cuff. Yeah, there's a high bar. But they were allowed to do that no because- No script, yeah, right. Uh, no script. What? I think it might be a no script situation. Yeah. When you when you find out the speaker- You find out the speaker, you're like, oh. Yeah. I'm mm. fucking dead. Yeah. 15 minutes is a long time. I have to time. beat this person. I have to beat this person. You know how hard that is? Well, mm. yeah. <laughs> this this is the equivalent of, of like the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> You know, Mighty Ducks one or two. I don't even remember. I've never seen it. I was just trying to give uh, of like this, like a supreme underdog going against this juggernaut. That's what it feels. Okay, so you're talking about Mighty Ducks two when they have to play Team Iceland. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm in. That's how I'm viewing this. I feel like Rocky going against Apollo Creed, except that I'm not Rocky. You feel like you going yeah, against me going into That's actually a closer call. Yeah, that's exactly you. what it is. Are you already planning on hanging out backstage, Ian? Like on the side as like a stage I don't mom? think so. I think that he's got to go solo. On I'm going to wear a muumuu. Yeah, that was the question I asked yesterday. A muumuu? Well, I asked, I, yesterday it's I asked. It's going to look it. like a muumuu on me. I'm actually more concerned about this, the cap. No, no cap. You I heard no cap. No cap. Heard no cap. Dang it. But I think you rock a cap anyway. Baseball cap. <laughs> no, like a total bro visor. <laughs> oh my god, I'm in a lot of trouble. Fifteen minutes. Ooh. Fifteen minutes is a long ass time, and it's not like there's a bunch of other stuff. 
man, I got to beat no. this fucking person. The dean comes up and says, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I got to beat this person. <laughs> it's literally me versus, you know, the mountain in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Have we figured out if this is indoor or outdoor? It's both. Mm. What does that mean? It's both. It's a thousand people under an out, in, outdoor shed tent. Mm. Oh, okay. The thousand people. A thousand people. I'm a little bit nervous about the heat. I, I, that's like the moo is going to be great. It's going to cover all my sweat stains. What is it actually called? A gown. It's a, a moo Let's just be what it is. It's a fucking moo It's a black moo It'll make you look slim, though. <laughs> Are moo slimming? Is that Are why people wear them? They're not remotely slimming. They're not slimming, right? No. I'm going to look all. like I'm wearing a black pirate shirt like in Seinfeld. It's very puffy. I'm, in, I'm dead meat. <laughs> I'm dead, dude. I'm so sad. This is really making me so well, sad. I, I'm actually surprised that this is the first time you will have given a commencement speech. That's actually surprising okay, to sure. me. My own alma maters don't even want me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. And there's one person, there's a somewhat a speechwriter that I want to name. Maybe we'll name them because I have to hit them up. So after it gets worked on, I might have to go to the pro, like a real speechwriter. Mm. Yeah. That's how serious this is. Teleprompter, though, right? Yeah, I guess. But you know what? I I'm not. You know Have what you Grace said? You know what Grace said? She's like, "You're so bad." <laughs> Teleprompter, mm. <laughs> like prepared speeches, you're so bad at. But you can't go unprepared. <laughs> it's just gonna be reps. Mm. You're gonna have to read it yeah. two hundred times. Yeah. yeah, you're just gonna read it two hundred times. Uh, going back to Rocky, you know what it's gonna be like when Rocky was filming that first commercial. Do you remember that? When he's trying to read the lines, no, anybody? Just grasping here. <laughs> <laughs> he's testing. He's testing some references that he was going to use in the speech. The man marred with dirt on his face. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll get back with buying, selling. selling. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new pure leaf blackberry iced tea that we have here at the Spotify studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new pure leaf blackberry iced tea. Visit amazon.com slash pure leaf and enter 20 pure leaf. That's 20 pure leaf for 20% off your purchase of new pure leaf Blackberry iced tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. You know, has made... A buying and selling, or we like to call it, culinary arbitrage. Mm -hmm. Also, just want to share with everybody, when I 
told Ying over last week. <laughs> I made this up in a meeting the other day. No, come on. <laughs> Narrative pro forma. <laughs> He was on a he was on a work call and he came up with some phrase. He got up. He's like, "Dude, <laughs> I just came up with a phrase. It really works. Narrative pro forma." <laughs> he was so proud. Mm. And then he and I sat there and he proceeded to try to wedge it into every single thing we talked about. I don't even know what that means. Neither do I. But listen, if you do financial pro formas, right, where you mark out the this year, year three, year five, year seven, right, as a company. You, how do you explain everything else? Mm. How would that seen visually, culturally, et cetera, et cetera? How does that business get framed three, mm. five, seven years out? So I was like, huh. And that was sort of the conversation with this company. Uh, and I, I, I came up with this terrible sounding thing. Like, uh, what, what is it? Like, a, uh, it's in the realm of pivot and... Uh, uh, disruption. Disruption. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is the, I was like, like that kind of call. I was like, oh, I got a perfect phrase for these guys. <laughs> Narrative pro forma. Ooh. Now, were you, did you drop it? Were you cool? You got to admit, Noel. As terrible as it sounds. If you say it with confidence, I think it sounds great. But when you you really break it down and think about it. Yeah, were you cool about it or did you do this? (laughs) I was not cool. (laughs) Were you like, guys, guys, did you hear what I just said? (laughs) 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 Did you guys get that? (laughs) You know, you know. Anyway, another digression to the digression. (laughs) This Uh, is culinary arbitrage, the game. (laughs) Huh? Is what is what? This is buying and selling, aka Mm. culinary arbitrage. Yeah. Mm. If you ask me what arbitrage actually is, I don't really know, financially speaking. Mm. Hopefully we're better at writing commencement speeches than naming segments. (laughs) Yeah. This is rough. So this we played this a few what months ago? A month and a half ago? A month ago with Chris Bianco. Uh, who will be back many times. Yeah, who Mm -hmm. who I haven't seen for like four days, which is a long Long time. time. Uh but basically Yuno has been scouring the world of food for what trends and Things that are being predicted as the next big thing in in the culinary world. And Dave and Noel and I are going to, what, argue whether we're buying or selling these incoming trends. And Yuno is going to play both moderator and scorekeeper and award points for who makes the best argument for buying or selling these things. The bathroom second place is in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I meant is the trophy for second place is in the bathroom. The bathroom what? for second place is in the bathroom. <laughs> this speech is going to go great. <laughs> Narrative pro forma. <laughs> it's a negative year. You're in the you're in the red. All right, you know, take it away. All right, guys and Noel, welcome to buy or sell. Uh, in this what? segment, what is buy or sell? Culinary arbitrage, the game. Uh, you guys know what arbitrage means. I, I, do I the song. Do. We're not, I'm not doing the song. Selling. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a nifty little scoreboard today so you guys can keep track. Okay, so I'm going to start with Instacart. Okay, so is having groceries delivered like a thing still? And will it continue to be? And what would need to happen for you to buy or sell? Specifically Instacart? Uh, any, let's do any grocery delivery service. Well, I will tell you that I think even though some of my friends are Investors at Instacart, it's a hot pile of poo. (laughs) I don't like it at all. Uh It barely works. It's hard to shop for food, number one. 
I think it's easier uh, from what I've heard for uh, technology companies that do this in China for whatever reason or Korea. But America, if you wanted a piece of fish, for example, they always give you and you specify, hey, I don't want a tail end. They give you tail end. It's things like that. And I think it, for whatever reason, we just haven't found a way to do it quite yet. There is hope because things like convenience store, bodegas, those work great. And in New York City, bodegas would deliver all the time. No problems. But I feel like when you have a lot of quantity of items and there's a variation within that quantity, it's very difficult. Like bananas. How are you supposed to specify? And it's not the shopper's fault. How are you supposed to specify, hey, the banana, I would like it sort of sort of green. Right. You know? Because you know what? My family, they're coming in two days, my kids. You know, you, you're doing these calculations. So it's not the technology's fault. I just feel like we have more stupid scenarios in America than in other countries. So that's what makes it hard. It's not the tech's fault. It's everything else's fault. So I would love it for it to work, but I'll say Fresh Direct really works really well in New York. But even still, I tend not to buy delicate items like fish or meat or things that there's a lot of variation on. So you can use it. But when I, for example, during the peak of the pandemic, we needed stuff from H Mart, it was terrible using Instacart. Yeah. It was terrible. It's just, it's just a letdown. That's how I've experienced it. So... I'm a sell. I mean, this is tough. I think that <laughs> for me personally, I'm I'm selling this. I think that it is. I had the same experience as, as as Dave is talking about. I think you we we had this on Recipe Club. I tried to buy a chicken and I got four chickens instead of one chicken. I tried to buy a single head of ginger. I get a bag of a pound of ginger. You know, it's all of like the typical mistakes. But that's not even really why I'm selling. Is because of that that delta between the convenience that I actually want, which is I'd never actually have to go to the grocery store again. If it was true that I didn't have to go to the grocery store anymore, then I would buy. But I have to for the exact reason Dave said, because I will not order the things I know they're going to mess up. Because if you wander around a grocery store, and this is why it's hard for me to sell this, because I think there are so many Instacart and delivery shoppers just among you when you're out there. I look around sometimes at the grocery store and I think, I'm the only person here shopping for myself. Every other person here is doing an Instacart shop thing. But I watch them order meat at the counter or whatever it is, and they don't know what they're ordering. They're just reading the thing off the app. They have no idea. So why would they be able to specify anything at all? To me, grocery delivery is like virtual reality where it keeps on having this dawn where this is it. It's going to be virtual reality. It's going to be the year of virtual reality. We're going to do it. Let's all buy Oculus headsets. Let's all buy this thing or whatever. And then the actual practical aspect of it, the software end of it, I would say, is what we're looking at. It just keeps on failing. I think long-term, long-term grocery delivery is a buy. Short-term, I think there's still way too much of a disconnect and way too much granular detail that gets lost it's a short-term sell for me. You can't have it both ways, dude. And by the way, we love Oculus and Facebook. And it was a joke about Instacart. We fucking love Instacart. <laughs> we love all tech companies. We're not our potential sponsors. <laughs> Is Instacart a sponsor? <laughs> Could very well be. Great question. Um, okay. I think, look, as... Someone who loves to go grocery shopping, there's no way that I'm buying grocery delivery right now. I have all of the same exact problems that you guys do. And I would even go
go as far to say I would feel better about delivery shopping or delivery grocery shopping if the people who were picking out the items were employed by that store. I think that's that is a crucial thing that ends up getting lost every single time. It's like they just don't know what's in store. They don't know what the right sub is. But I will say I think it saved our lives for work purposes. So I think that if there were way more like corporate accounts, then an Instacart makes total sense. Like the number of times we've ordered from Instacart to the row is nuts because why would you want to go out for non-personal purposes to go get these grocery items when you can have someone do it for you? Eh, Ultimately, it's a sell from a personal standpoint, but it's a buy from a corporate level. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can I just... What's up I, with this? There's a lot of hedging can going on. Guys? Guys? No, no, no. No. You know what that re- actually makes me think of? Do I, have, do I have 15 more seconds of my time? I think the, the, re- the real reason why I, I quit using Instacart post-pandemic, if I'm being really, really, really honest, was in the pandemic, it was all free. And it got so expensive Ooh, to use Instacart. Yeah, it that's got right. so expensive. So when you say you're it. really, really, really honest, does that mean you're really, really lying every other time? <laughs> no, I'm just forgetting the real honest answer. I'm just vamping with, with filibustering other I, things. I don't understand, like, you know, when people say that. <laughs> I'm just, it's my, I don't know. Honestly, I, you know, when someone has a phrase, pre- <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's just me trying not to say like. <laughs> so I'm saying honestly is my new crutch. But in general, it got too expensive. It just it got too expensive. That's why. Um, I don't need an extra fifteen seconds, and I don't need some kind of contradiction of buy and sell. I'm just a fucking sell. Okay, whatever. I, I'm a little conflicted because Chris had a strong case, and he did seem he does seem to understand the exercise of buy long term. So if it's cheap right now, would you buy it right now? Right, and it seems to be like post pandemic, mm-hmm. it did probably take a little bit of a dip, and so. Would you buy right now? And uh, Chris had the best answer, but then he took the extra 15 seconds, so I'm going to give the point to Noel. Can I also say then, to, to judge, <laughs> to judge you need to phrase the question a little bit more precisely because you said, you know, what's the time frame of buying and selling on Instacart? It's a very, you know, come on. <laughs> it's always the game's fault. It's, it's called the buying or selling. <laughs> yeah. Time frame of investment. Okay. What's that to know With my point? narrative pro forma. Wow. Oh. That's a Noah point. That's a Noah point. Hey, thanks, you know. Yeah. Thank you for your contribution and not taking 15 extra seconds. I was just trying to, I was trying to take back my You didn't even seconds. have 15 extra seconds, Chris. <laughs> it did get too expensive. All right, next topic. So you guys were just in Vegas. Um, did you think to stop by a buffet? Have we seen peak buffet? And will they ever be as big as they used to be? Have we seen peak buffet? I am a buy on the buffet. Okay, I can't do the buy and sell thing. I did not stop at a buffet in Vegas. I think that Vegas is not where I think the buffet will see its its grand return. I think that eating options in Vegas have become better than what the buffet can offer, and it has lost the sort of allure of $7.99 prime rib buffet, crab and lobster buffet. Like, that doesn't exist anymore. When you go to a buffet in in Vegas, you're going to pay the same amount that that you would roughly as going out to dinner somewhere else. But I fucking love a buffet. I haven't been to – I tried to make no one go to a buffet when we were in Vegas, actually, is the truth. I wanted to. Is the truth. I miss Todai. The all-you-can-eat sushi buffet. Oh, my most favorite with, restaurant. With dynamite muscles. <laughs> Just eat by the dozens. I miss that shit. I don't know from a business standpoint if any of it is is possible. But 
when you think about how far food has come since the heyday of the buffet and what you can do, you know, Dave did his whole first bit on sandbagging. I think the foods that you can sandbag now and the, the options that you can get beyond just like what you had to offer at a buffet before, I think buffets can absolutely see a return. I'm a, I'm a buy on buffets outside of Vegas. Mm, that's awesome. Thank you, Chris. All right. I would still buy buffets. My my issue with buffets right now, by the way, this is a total side note, is I think that we still haven't come out of the pandemic era style of how to serve food. And so I think right now you're seeing that buffets aren't as fun for all intents and purposes because a lot of stuff is still pre-portioned. And that's a thing that I just... I personally don't like seeing in a buffet because any time that you want two cups of this termy too. <laughs> but you have to pick up two cups and someone's going to shame you for it. No, I don't want any of that. But I do think that there is something to be said about the buffet and, well, is it an and or a but? But it requires way more, um, you know, performance or showmanship than it used to now more than ever before. It's not just, here's all of the food, here's actually something, some kind of activation that's really happening, which I think got lost in the last couple of years. So long-term buy. Well, these two people that say they're buying clearly haven't been to a buffet in quite some time. What? When's the last time you both went to one? Because if you've been to one, you'll know that Wicked Spoon at the Cosmopolitan has always pre-portioned their stuff. Always. Facts. Mm. The only thing that's not is the, the, the roasted meat and the barbecue brisket station. I, I imagine you as an electric wheelchair guy going into the buffet playing Kino. I mean, too. honestly, I, I think that uh, the, the animators at Wally were just, you know, they saw the future. Because mm-hmm. that's me. I want, that. I want that to be me. It's a great life. Um, but that's not what we're talking about here. I'm buying buffets because clearly, and I've talked about it in this podcast before, I'm a big believer in the economics of, of a buffet. And I would also strongly disagree with you where it's not in vogue. It's very difficult to still get into buffets, whether it's Caesar's Palace or the Bellagio. It's not, it hasn't died down at all. The one reason why people don't go to buffets is the line is too goddamn long. And the only way to have a shortcut is if you have like your appointments member. And even still, you have to wait in line. And hosts at casinos usually don't bring their players to a buffet. So that's a problem. I love buffets. A lot of it's pre-portioned anyway. And um, I think not only are you going to see Vegas continue to quadruple down on buffets, because while they may not always be super profitable, I think it can be. Some, some are very profitable, but I, I'm a big proponent in seeing it in, in cities and not just the normal buffet. I think that you're going to see, and I truly believe this, a next generation of buffet because it takes advantage of economic issues, labor issues. It's extremely efficient and it's a wonderful way of delivering massive amounts of food of high quality to many people. Big believer in buffets. Vote Bye. for me. 2024. Bye. <laughs> wow. Okay. Everybody gets a point, I think, on that one. But Dave gets two for the image of him pulling up to Wicked Spoon in an electrical chair. Unbelievable. <laughs> that was worth yeah. fucking sympathy vote. That's all you got. That's not you a sympathy the vote. Fucking FDR you got an extra point. Just he put a blanket over his legs. Wrong Roosevelt. Hold <laughs> out there. I'm a teddy man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Oh, boy. All right. So as it stands right now, it's Noel 2, Dave 2, Chris 1. Sorry, Chris. Okay. Next one, Sichuan Food Craze. Okay, this is another one. Is it over yet? Is it dying down? Can it get a second win? Is it here forever? Do you buy or sell Sichuan Food restaurants? I'll go first. We've had the influx of Sichuan food because of the earthquake in Sichuan about 25 years ago. And that is the reason why I think America and North America at large, with the exception of probably Vancouver, because Vancouver is still mostly Cantonese, the lower 48 have had just like almost every city has Sichuan food and really good Sichuan food. Is it the best of the best? Probably not. Is it as good as what you can get to the SGV LA area? Probably is not. But. As much as I've liked Sichuan food, and there's so much of it in New York City as in major cities, I have reached my limit. Mainly because I think I've gotten older, and I've eaten it so much, but also everyone else has. The novelty has worn off. In the same vein, I don't need super spicy wings anymore, because guess what? The novelty's worn off. And not that it's not delicious. It just, I just don't want to eat it as much. There was a period where that's all I would want. Give me mapu tofu and rice. And that would be my meal in and of itself with a few other dishes. <laughs> but that was the main focal point. That would point. be my meal plus one. <laughs> yeah. You know? And to me, I am, I'm selling that, and it's not to disparage or knock your own food. It is because of the dominance and excellence of why it should now become sort of ubiquitous. So that's a success of, 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 of um, Sichuan food, where I will also um, buy, right? I'm buying. I'm actually. I'm, gonna, I'm buying Sichuan food because of the. It's ubiquitous, right? It's not. Hmm. It's now just part of the mainstream. That's. It's kind of like a blue chip bet. Yeah, but do you have chip. any like? Growth? No, no, I'm buying okay. it. This is where the growth is. Okay. Where I see great, great, great growth is a place where a lot of people won't see this, and Chris knows exactly where I'm going. I love it when restaurant Chinese restaurants that shouldn't make Sichuan food make Sichuan food because it's so invoked especially Cantonese restaurants that have no right making Sichuanese food and they do it and it's fucking mutant weird awesome. I love it. It's almost like Korean military food. It doesn't, ex that's how different these cuisines are. It's almost like Targaryen and, and, and uh, whatever the fucking other house is. The, the ice one. Oh my God. Fire and ice. Oh my God. Who are the ice people? Jon Snow. Star Starks. Starks. But, and I mean that because they're so different. Cantonese is light and very clean, and Sichuan is pungent, spicy, and mala. And the fact that you have Cantonese restaurants, many of them, now serving Sichuan dishes, whether it's mapu tofu or um, fish in boiling soup, those seem to be the mainstays. It's a, it's a hybrid of Cantonese cuisine and Sichuan, and I love it. I buy it. I literally buy it, and I eat it. That's what I like. That's what I'm eating. There. Bye-bye. So you're buying. Yeah. You started with selling. But no, because I, 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 I need to rephrase it for you folks. Oh, <laughs> us folks. <sighs> uh, I think I'm going to do a little interpretation on this. I think that what you're talking about, this, this question is talking about, is the quote-unquote authentic, super-numbing, spicy Sichuan food of the 2010 era. 2010 to 15 era, right? Because I think that I'm going to disagree with you, Dave. That the that it's that Sichuan food is ubiquitous. That that kind of Sichuan They're food like is Marvel ubiquitous. Marvel fucking movies mm. now. I think that <laughs> that kind of food 
actually is not ubiquitous, and I think that it was it reached its maximum saturation. It didn't make it out of the big cities. It oh. didn't make it. Oh. The regular Sichuan food didn't make it into your your standard places. Now, on the other hand, I think he what just, you're talking right now, he just realized I fucked up. No, I did. Fuck up. <laughs> I think what you're talking about Can't has wait. already happened. I think that kung pao chicken is as ubiquitous as it gets, but that's not Sichuan food. That's a, like Chinese American food. That is kung pao chicken. Mapo tofu, the other, the authentic whatever super numbing dishes, they have a ceiling. You're not going to get most of America to order mapo tofu or sour pickled fish soup or ants climbing a tree. Like these are all foods that don't have any more appeal than they already had. The dishes that you're talking about that are going to become other things have already become things. Mapo tofu is available at a lot of Chinese American restaurants. Kung Pao chicken is available at every single Chinese American restaurant. I don't think there's room for growth for Sichuan food in America beyond what it has already done. I'm buying this, but I'm flipping it within a year. And here's why. If you have gone recently to Temecula, California, Villanova, Pennsylvania, you know what's popping up right now is Sichuan food in a very, very real way. And they are, they're Cantonese restaurants that are, like Dave said, putting the stuff on the menu. And what was really interesting to see super recently was looking around the restaurant and seeing what honestly, white people were ordering. And they were getting into past the mapo tofu. They were already into other Sichuan foods. I think you're going to see a slow roll of this over the next year. But I think it's going to be like, hate to say it, it's going to be like birria tacos, where you're going to see it all over the place. People are going to get tired of it. But I think that there's this unique period that's happening right now where People think like, oh, this is new. This is exciting and it's spicy. People are, we're still in spicy phase right now. But I do think that this is going to die down within the year. So it's going to go up and down very, very quickly. I'm, I'm a fucking long-term buying stock in this shit all day long. Mm-mm. This already happened. America's not a spicy place. We pretend we are. Because listen, would you still buy stock in Sriracha? Yes and no. Yeah. No. Yes. I would always I think buy that's... stock in Sriracha forever and ever. Standing order. Because guess what? You're now seeing it on nuts. You're seeing imitations of it. It's it true. is now, you thought it was ubiquitous 10 years ago. It's just getting started. Yeah. It's now on Wendy's hamburgers. It's on everything. It's going to be slowly. And I think you're going to see that slow march. Like a, a, a really good mutual fund. <laughs> Sichuan food is going to just compound that interest. Okay. Is that what mutual funds do? <laughs> I don't know a lot about. We don't know. I don't know a lot about finance. So I don't. I don't think that mutual funds compound interest. <laughs> what? Was, That's was, some narrative pro forma right there. Just throwing out some shit. This will stick. Let's see if this one sticks. I was tempted to give the point to Dave, but I can't do it anymore. No, come on! <laughs> take that away! <laughs> take, that, take that last thing I said away! Come Straight on, I nailed that! <laughs> you gotta give me the point, you know? Give me half a point! Do you know how know. mutual no, 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 works? No. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm done. No, the, Sriracha I love it. The, the Sriracha she example is part, good, she though. Took my she took my no. answer! Dave can have that point. It's a really good mutual fund in that it compounds. (laughs) That must be the best mutual fund of all time. It's called Silicon Valley Bank. (laughs) (laughs) I I already gave the point, so I can't take it away anymore. (laughs) Moving on. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, something local. Uh Butterflights. Okay, so this is from our friends at the LA Times. Cork Cafe in Westchester is doing a butterflight with its chicken and waffles, brown sugar, strawberry, peach cobbler, and blue pebble, which is made with fruity pebbles. So this is on top of the waffles. Would you eat this by yourself? The butterflight of these different flavored butters. They're on top of waffles, chicken and waffles with these different flavors of butter. Um, I'm looking at this picture. I have to. Wait, this is just I purely, purely. Oh. Would we buy? Would I literally buy this? Would I literally go to this place and buy this? No. <laughs> Looks gross. I don't. I don't. I think that I'm glad that people have discovered somehow just recently discovered that butter is wonderful. I'm so happy that that is a revelation for people. But I don't need the butter to taste like fruity pebbles. That is just antithetical to butter to me. I think if you want to throw a bunch of fruity pebbles on your waffle, fine. But I don't understand why a butter flight specifically makes any sense to me. I would love a butter flight of different kinds of butters, different kinds of delicious butters served with, you know, breads. But this is, this is way, way too gimmicky for me. And I don't think that it's a gimmick that will surprise you with its deliciousness. I think that it is a gimmick for gimmick's sake. I think it is capitalizing on uh, a visual trend with no deliciousness to back it up. I'm selling this butter flight fruity pebble nightmare. I'm selling this particular um, version of it, but I think there can be really great ideas in trash. Um, Butter's come a long way. I feel like, honestly, Sambar was one of the first restaurants to charge for good butter, and people were very upset at it, almost evoking the same response that Chris had at this butter thing. And I'll keep options open without tasting it. You know, you don't know. So if if I taste it and I get some more information, maybe it's great. Maybe Fruity Pebbles butter is fucking delicious. 
A lot of people made fun of Christina Tosi's cereal milk without tasting it. So I'm going to keep an open mind. That being said, there can be other ways. Even with this butter renaissance, people still don't put enough butter on their bread. And it's a real problem. Number one, they got to do that better. Who gives a shit about, before you get over to other compound butter flavors, put more butter on your bed and put proper salt. Secondly, if this was Bordier, for example, in France, and it had butter tasting, 100%, 100,000% I'm going to buy it. So I think like anything else, there are, you know, different levels. And if that was Bordier with the smoked butter, his seaweed butter, he's got like six different butters. He's got a sweet butter. Would you fucking eat it on a waffle? Yeah, I said I would. I just sold this one. <laughs> I want the Bordier one. So I, I don't, I'm not going to like make fun of one, uh, uh, this whole thing. I'm going to buy, buy, buy. I'm going to buy it. It will potentially, like most things, like boy bands, you have a lot of boy band, bad boy bands and you have some good ones that people remember. Mm-hmm. And I think the good ones will be remembered that, the, that do the good butterboards tastings. Are you buying it or are you I selling it? I said I'd buy it all day long. You said you were selling it. No, Every I said single buy. one of these. I said to buy. I said to buy. Judge, you know, what are we debating here? Are we debating shit, this particular chicken and waffles uh, butterflight or are we debating butterflights as a whole? Compound butters. What, what are the things? We are debating butterflights as a whole. So oh. you said, would you buy this one? <laughs> but I also yeah. want to know, would, no. you buy, would you buy that? It's, it's, a good, it's a good starting point, right? Like, is this like something that? So, yeah, I'm buying. I'm buying short term. I'm buying long term. I'm selling this particular chicken and waffles. It is too much sugar all in one. There's the maple syrup. There are the mounds of sweet butters on top. But am I buying? I'm not even going to try to up either of what these two have said, but this is savory compound. Here, I'll say this. I will do a savory compound butter flight all day long. I don't know if I'd do a sweet one. Fair enough. Thank you, Noel. Uh, this round goes to Dave for the simple fact that he wouldn't knock it until he until he tried it. The next topic, lay people shopping at restaurant supply stores. Okay, will restaurant supply stores become big enough with lay people, lay persons, people who don't run restaurants uh, to become more commonplace? So would you buy stock in restaurant, restaurant supply stores? Mm-hmm. Wait. See, you know, you got to rephrase this. It is, would you buy stock in restaurant supply stores for a layperson, right? Or in general, are we buying, are you asking us to buy stock? You're just buying restaurant supply stores as in popularity, right? Yeah, I think that's just like a per se, it would become more popular if it, if, you know, lay people were buying it as well. Mm. So, I'm unconvinced. As much as I do believe that there will be some more lay people who go into a restaurant supply store, I think that you're talking about anything from space in a home and the, you know, how large your appliances are, how big your fridge is, um, how much storage you have in your home as a whole. And I think that that overall will end up overtaking the restaurant supply store items that are there. Um, and their ability to sell to a lay person. So I'm selling. Lay people, will restaurant supply stores become more popular because lay people are shopping at them? No. I, as somebody who used to do this, I think that it doesn't make a lot of sense. 
I, I would get home and I would say, why did I, why do I need a giant China cap and where am I going to store this in my home? The practicalities of it are, are such that the stuff you buy at a restaurant supply store is not actually useful or attractive to enough people, enough normal people, right? Just look at what is actually popular in terms of appliances and, and hard goods right now. It's stuff that looks nice and is functional as well. You're not going, nobody's going, like, like just metal mixing bowls and, and sheet pans have been available forever. People aren't buying into them because they don't want this industrial look in their house. I also think that there's a ceiling to this because as soon as, if, if you reached a point where lots and lots of people were starting to shop at these places, I think they stopped being restaurant supply stores. I don't think they become, they're not restaurant supply stores anymore. Now, I think there is some place in the market for a for something that's like nominally a restaurant supply store, like where the pros shop kind of thing, right? The Home Depot of restaurant supply stores. But I think in terms of actual restaurant supply stores becoming more popular among lay people, I think, no way more products get closer to restaurant supplies, but it's not going to be in the same size and bulk and quantity as restaurant supply stores. So therefore, I still stand by my restaurant supply stores I'm selling, but I think the genre of like different kinds of goods I'm up on. I, that's what I'm saying too. I, mean, I agree. I think that stuff that is useful in a professional kitchen can be designed for a home, but I think that the the actual one-to-one translation... If you guys need a team up to go against me? Go ahead. <laughs> In fairness, Noel actually had like a minute 15 left, so she could... Thank you. Now you can start reclaim time. Now there's rollover yeah, minutes. Can... Is it fucking <laughs> AT&T I'm plan over here? <laughs> I'm trying to keep my answers concise, brief. I got rollover minutes, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say two things. It's a buy and a, uh, I'm just buying, but before I get into that, if you believe in small business in America, which you should then you should be 100,000% pro restaurant supply stores. If you look at the Bowery in New York City, and there's many cities that have restaurant supply stores, but the Bowery has been changed significantly. There are hotels and condominiums, and I used to know most of these vendors, and they can't keep up, they can't pay the rent. The ones that do actually own their buildings, like a restaurant supply on the Bowery next to a Bowery Ballroom, been there forever, but it's not going to last, right? And I can't imagine New York City without the Bowery with restaurant supply stores, like going to Japan and there's no kapabashi. And I disagree with you that people, that's a, it's a ceiling on this. You can, people don't realize that you can buy great paring knives. You can buy chef's knives on the cheap there. You can buy great cutting boards on the cheap there. And it has nothing to do with the size of the restaurant because there are many restaurants that are extremely small that a shoebox that buy from the restaurant supply store. That might be the same size as an apartment kitchen. So I disagree with you in terms of the size. The fact that we are headed towards troubling economic times, which means there's greater value, which is all the more reason why you should be shopping at restaurant supply stores. At the very least, getting core containers, right? You can get really cheap core containers, cheaper than I think online at restaurant supply stores. So there's a lot of value there that a lot of places like Williams-Sonoma will not sell. And I love Williams-Sonoma, but they, they, they don't sell a lot of product. Restaurant supply stores sell things that you need that aren't glossed up and glamored up that you might get elsewhere. They're selling you exactly what you need as the crow flies. So I'm 100%, 100,000% behind buying restaurant supply stores. And the one caveat is when, if you're going there and you watch something online, don't just go, do your homework. There's nothing worse than seeing a dumb dumb shop at a restaurant supply store for the first time. Do your homework. 
Chris, no, I'm sorry. He's he's on a warpath. I don't think that this trend is going to pick up. So you could you could buy as many as you want. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> you hate small business. I get it. <laughs> However you want to paint it, Donald. That's fine. <laughs> not the fucking thing uh, I said. This is the moment that Christian <laughs> lets the world know he's a libertarian. Hi. How is my opinion libertarian? I think I think Dave touched on a lot of salient points, including the fact that we're about to, you know, we're heading for some choppy water economically, and they do have very reasonably priced goods. And sometimes it doesn't matter how it looks. You know, you just need to get the job done. And so uh, I live next one, and I was very delighted when I went in there and saw how much stuff was in there. And I definitely picked up a bunch of stuff there. So sorry, Chris. Um, sorry, Noel. Top Gun. <laughs> These are just, I know this what? is based on things that are near you know that you wandered into. Yeah. So the question should just be, hey, will I wander into a store near my house anytime soon? I guess I'm buying that you know will wander into a store Make fun of the judge. Make fun of the judge. I'm not getting any fucking points anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you're down 5-1 and just getting trashed, that like, yeah, you're, it's okay to trash the judge. Yorkshire pudding wraps. Okay, this actually comes from my brother who just came back from London. He tried these Yorkshire pudding wraps. Uh, they're they're kind of like kebab wraps, but they instead of like lavash or, or pita, they're made with Yorkshire pudding, and they look pretty yep. damn glorious. So, do you buy or sell? I I can't find one in the states. So. Um, I, there is an email I wish I could bring up that I sent to I think Maxing of Momofuku, and I said, "Holy fuck, we missed the boat on this one," because we did create bong bar, which is wrapped in bread. Yorkshire puddings are fucking delicious. So if you haven't had a British or Australian style Sunday roast, that is almost like the best way to eat, to soak up the juices, to put some of the beef or pork or whatever. But usually they're made very small. I don't have to look this up unlike Noel and Chris. These things are huge. They're the size of like 12 to 14 inch tortillas with the lip around it, right? Like a Frisbee. And they wrap it up like a, like a burrito. And with all kinds of delicious British stuff, like the good kind of British food with gravy and stuff. I, I am 100. I just love this idea. I'm just jealous that I didn't come up with it myself. I think you're going to see a lot more of this. And maybe you're going to see this more in restaurants as part of a large format. I may or may not be stealing the idea. I've never tried this, so I have to keep an open mind. <laughs> so I guess the answer is I'm buying. Who cares? I feel so bad right now. I mean, I mean but would you buy it? The point system here is fucking would you, bullshit. Would you actually <laughs> eat this, though? Dave got a point for being in a wheelchair. <laughs> this is a fucking game. I, would I eat this? Yeah, I would eat this. Who's not going to eat this? It's a big, it's a, it's a crepe, but even fatter and buttery. But more buttery. It's soaked in gravy. Who's not going to eat this fucking thing? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a heart attack. Of course it's going to catch on. It's like if you wrapped things in pizza. It made a burrito out of pizza. I think we'll see it for a period of time. But I wouldn't buy it long term is my thing. It looks delicious. I would want this every single day. I agree with everyone here. I think it's actual longevity, though, I question only because it's not that it's hard to make. I just don't see people wanting to make this long term. It's my only thing. So I'll sell. But I, you know... There's real fatigue on the side of the table. <laughs> Fatigue's not going to win you any points, Chris. Yorkshire. <laughs> you got to bring the energy, Chris. Like, just being sad is not going to win you any points. That's fine. <laughs> I'm fucking going for the number one draft pick. <laughs> Tamping this shit. All right. Okay. So, next topic. Well, who got the points? Oh, 
He can't even say can't, it anymore. I, that wasn't an honest comp- competition. Chris is just like throwing in the towel. <laughs> like, I feel like it's important to know what this, the score is. <laughs> did I do who won? Did Noel? Did I? Did Chris? Who got I points there? Give you that fucking point, dude. Why not? It's five to one to two, man. No, it's important. You got it. <laughs> it's true. Goal differential is going to count at the yeah. end of the season. Come on. He's running up who the score won? for a reason. You can't not not give a score. Don't give in to look at this. You know you're yeah. caving to me. Dude. <laughs> I, no, I'm not right. caving. You got to uphold the integrity of I the will game. Uphold the integrity of the game, whatever integrity there is in the scoring system. But uh, I'll give it to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're gonna have to try a little harder. Like this is, I, I might have to stop this fight because like, she's just taking the <laughs> scum girl, scum girl. Taking, yeah. taking this fucking mercy rule over here, dude. Yeah, it's, it's getting pretty dark. Um, all right, screw it. I'm not gonna change the system. We're just gonna roll with it. Uh, okay, next great um, topic. So kanjang kejang. Okay, so raw marinated soy crab is the hot TikTok food right now. Okay, it's a Korean dish of raw crab that's been marinated in soy sauce, other spices. Uh, would you buy or sell? Mr. Joy Luck Club, you're first. <laughs> uh, would I buy or sell this thing? Um, I've, I, have, like, I have limited experience eating it, and I think every time I've eaten it, it's delicious. So I, I think that there's, there's, there's something difficult here because you look at this dish and you think – this has a ceiling because it's so intense conceptually. First, it's shellfish, which people, there's a much smaller general audience for already, right? Second, it's raw marinated shellfish. It's cured. Cured. Even smaller, even smaller uh, subset of people who this might appeal to. But it's so good and it's, it's really delicious. And I thought maybe this TikTok trend was going to die quickly. Because it was just stunty, but then I saw what is that? What is that account recently that's like become super popular? Where it's like actually differentiating between this done well and done poorly. Like this has become a nuanced argument. Like people mm-hmm. are actually differentiating between what's good about this and what's bad. And that to me, I didn't think that would happen at all. Uh, my one thing is, I think I feel that crabs like supply will make this hard to like continue to like grow and grow and grow in, in the way that you want to see it. I think that sushi adapted with shittier and shittier and shittier quality so they could reach gas stations. I don't think you can necessarily do that with this dish. So I'm torn. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell on this one. Mm. Meanwhile, I'm buying. Here's why. I think for all of the same exact reasons, like, I think it's delicious. I think that this TikTok trend will, like, die down as a social concept. But I think as a whole, there's a huge actual, I don't want to say resurgence because that never really existed. It's just more people are into different types of textural foods now more than ever. And I think that the barrier to entry on on this is the actual texture. Obviously, there are the layers and layers, shellfish, raw but it's the texture that then is the real kind of click. And to me, now more than ever, I'm seeing more and more of my white friends uh, liking way more QQ kind of textural f- foods than ever before. So I'm on the up. I'm buying. Kangjang Gejang and also what 
hasn't really even hit the popularity of like TikTok yet is the other version, Yangnyeom Gejang, right? And that's made with flower crab. A lot of times the, the spicier version then uh, is made with blue crab. Um, the traditional Gangjang Gejang is made with flower crab. Even if it's frozen, it's a great way of using frozen product. I disagree with you in terms of um, not enough crabs. If it increases in popularity, then we can get rid of crappy crab cakes, right? Um, it is one of my most favorite dishes. I am actually, no bullshit, very excited on the fact that it's like a viral thing on TikTok. You can't even keep it in stock at H Mart and Korean supermarkets. And much like, say, Food Network, as shitty as it is, it's actually raised culinary awareness and literacy. So even though I would say 50% plus are that try it on TikTok are like, oh, that's gross. It's spreading awareness. And I think more and more people that try it, that like it, become like real advocates, almost zealots about it. And again, as you say, Chris, they can even distinguish the quality of it. You're going to see more variations of this. It's going to start to spread more and more. And I am happy. It was one of the very first things I put on in the LA menu here when did the Major Domo with the local crabs here, uh, the rock crabs. We did a two styles, Kangjang Gejang and the spicier Yangyun style, right? I'm a big, big fan of it. It's just one of my most delicious things. And the texture thing, this is something I think I've dedicated my entire career in is changing the perspective. The texture of it is really no different when someone eats a crawfish head or shrimp head. And that is quite popular here in America and the world at large. So yes, it's a very different thing. But if I never thought in my wildest dreams people would eat Gejang, never. And the fact that it's happening, you know, it, to me, no bullshit, that to me is more progress than fucking Blackpink or Parasite or any of these other Korean things because it is such a, an insanely crazy idea that people would eat blue crabs or flower crabs in this manner. And if it's happening, the impossible is happening, then it's a fucking buy all day long. All right, that was a great round from everybody involved, but I think it's got to be Chris. No, no, he was not, very not, no, no, this is a this is a charity one. <laughs> that's, that's a charity point. That's, that's no, that's it was true. very informative. No, I Chris, think you I actually have it. to. I mean, I laid out the arguments for why you should actually buy this thing, and then I said you should sell it. I don't have faith in America, but I do share the sentiment that seeing this thing take off is fucking crazy. It's fucking insane. And actually what makes it more insane, Chang, than the fact that it just happened is that if the same thing took off... Stinky tofu is possible. No, stinky tofu. No, that's right. <laughs> well, no, and, and honestly, like, that's no, the craziest similar. thing about this. Is foods that you think were just forbidden. I, like, I don't even like sea cucumber. I think it's gross, unless it's prepared in a specific way, like cooked and blah, blah, blah. It's probably in that same universe, like... In 20 years, will people start eating sea cucumber? It, that is like but, legitimately the level of insanity of eating kejang. But what I was saying is I think that what's even crazier is that it, this could have been popular 10 years ago, but in a, it would be the, the conversation around it would have been world's fucking weirdest foods, right? I'm sure, mm. I'm 100% sure if that you looked up shows that were called world's most insane things, world's craziest foods, world's most dangerous things to eat, this would show up on those lists. And so the fact that it's in the zeitgeist in a different way 
Well, I'm still not sure you're selling it'll this. work. And you're rewarding him selling. No, he's giving me a charity uh, point. No, I think his well, yeah, it's definitely a charity point because he got <laughs> he, he reengaged himself, which is like should be rewarded. I'm just saying it's heartening. It's heartening that it's part of the zeitgeist in a different style. I mean, I mean, all right. <laughs> I thought my point was very clear and strong. But Dave, you started out really strong. I feel like, like Jokic right now. It's like just give me the fucking MVP. <laughs> I mean, should it be penalized because I wanted two years in a row? Come on, that's that, fucked up. That's actually exactly what's happening. Um, <laughs> a lot of your answers. Success tax. Yeah, this you was lost a... the last one. I didn't. <laughs> no winners. Um, sorry, <laughs> I have to do this. Uh, boneless wings. Sorry, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is facing a class action lawsuit. You guys already know this for false advertising, claiming that it's boneless wings are not made from chicken wings at all. Good press or bad press for the charlatan nugget? Buy or sell boneless wings? <laughs> is the question is the question whether or not this uh, this frivolous <laughs> lawsuit is going to take down the popularity of boneless chicken wings? My answer is absolutely not. <laughs> why, why would this no, lawsuit? Not, not necessarily the lawsuit itself, but like, would you buy boneless wings based on this exposure? It's got people talking about it, so you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is what I'm getting at. So the, the but boiling it down to this: boneless wings exist. Am I buying them because I think they're going to increase in popularity, or sell because I think they're going to decrease in popularity? They're in the news right now for this lawsuit. Nobody who is eating these wings, except for the people in this class, and even them who already ordered the, these boneless wings, is like, wait a minute. <laughs> these, were, <laughs> these were fucking flightless chicken boneless wings that just came off a chicken? I'm out. That's not happening. What is happening is are any small remaining part of the population that didn't know that this was an option is hearing this lawsuit being like, well, wait, Buffalo Wild Wings has boneless chicken wings? Like, I can get those? For me... There's no way that this lawsuit, that boneless wings are going to decrease in popularity because of this lawsuit. I don't think, it's not bo Buffalo Wild Wings, boneless wings were actually made out of buffalo, right? right. It's just, they were, <laughs> they're just fucking, this is increasing, this is, the, this is the prototypical no such thing as bad press situation. I'm buying boneless wings, even though, I personally am not a boneless wing man. I mean, I love, I love a boneless wing. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you I can't that say now? that out loud in this company. Um, I don't think it's going to increase in popularity. I also don't think it's going to decrease in popularity. So I'm just going to stay out of this market this time around. Do you think the interest will compound over time? Though, if you just bought some right now as a long term, you were, you wanted a bond. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I didn't win that one. Um, I have to abstain because I'm part of the class. <laughs> I was very surprised to find out that it was not part of the chicken wing. He didn't, he didn't find out until he tried to buy one of these chickens, the actual chicken itself, with, with these wings that have no So, bones. no, my lawyer says I have to abstain from talking about this company and said lawsuit. Is it? Wait, so, <laughs> as part of the class action lawsuit, is it actually that they are. What, boneless wings are made out of white meat. True. Just breast meat? Mm -hmm. Is that what they breast really are? Meat, yes. Oh. It's like tenders, but not in a tender shape. Hmm. More of a nugget shape. Side question. In America, which is traditionally a white meat, land of white meat, of all in all manners of speaking, 
Are you buying or selling on dark meat chicken in this country right now? Are you serious? Yeah. I know for a fact, since we had a chicken sandwich shop, people, people are, how should I say this? As you reach a larger audience, they are not fans of dark meat. Period. Full stop. Period. Full and stop. And that will never change. That is more unlikely than people eating. That is more unlikely than people eating sea cucumber in 10 years. Is it, is it an actual flavor thing? Well, no. In a chicken, if it gets slaughtered or even a normal chicken, veins might burst. All right. Just surprise. There's veins in chickens and there's blood. Mm. There, you can potentially cook a chicken just before it starts to turn into carbon. Right? It'll still have blood. It'll still look like it's raw. That is number one reason. I know this. Yeah. There's no way. It'll look fucking raw. Fact, especially if it's in buttermilk or some kind of marinade, that'll only compound the, the that raw looking pink factor. Or sometimes they're just a bursted blood vessel. There's nothing you can do. That is something that white meat will never, ever, ever have. Dark meat has a lot more. There's just not homogenous like breast meat. So because of that, it's too hard to listen. There are people that are think that dinosaurs didn't exist. They don't believe in evolution. That is weirdly probably sharing the same Venn diagram as people that think a chicken is raw, <laughs> even though it's cooked. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know. So yeah. That's America two halves. You so actually you actually think that's interesting. You literally said more it's likely also texture, right? And it's not chewy, crunchy texture that a lot of Asians like. It has chew to it. You can't just swallow it like you're a fucking bird with like a chicken wing, you know, a chicken nugget. You actually have to chew dark meat. And because of because this is the problem. You have to explain anatomy hmm. to dum dums. And I don't have the fucking time. <laughs> they don't understand the reason why it, it will taste better. The same people that like filet mignon, it just has no fucking texture. It's right. nothing because it doesn't move. I want, just like I want groups of people, I want diversity. I want things that are not homogenous. And a leg, surprise, that's a very active part of a bird. So is the thigh. So it's going to have a lot of muscle. The breasts are just for show. Breast, <laughs> yeah, literally just for show. So it's it's because of that you're going to have more sinew, more fat, more just gristle. All these things when if you cook it, it's going to have more flavor, well, and that's just, why. Now I'm just disheartened again. Crab, marinated crab, cured crab. Up. That is an impossibility. That Americans will embrace dark meat. That is really. The, the, the tale of two Americas. That is the tale of two Americas. You have the white meat Americans, and then you have the dark meat Americans. Okay. That point also goes to Chris. Not because, not for any other reason, except he came up with a better topic. All right. We're going to move on to something that's a little, a little more of the times. Tel Aviv-based software and consulting company TasteWise recently launched Taste. GPT, a generative AI solution that provides contextual insight into what brands should do next. So it already provides information to companies like Pepsi, Kraft Heinz, Nestle. Uh, would you? Are you buying or selling Taste GPT? 
so basically they extract all the information from like recipe searches and stuff to kind of engineer like what's what's going to be next you know what's what's going to happen next I'm buying it, but I'm not necessarily buying this company because it's already happening and you may not even realize it. It's a little bit like carbon monoxide poisoning. You don't realize it. And the fact is, I know this because I've talked to a lot of companies that do this that actually create product. They're not a product company. They're a data tech company. They're a data collection company. So what they're trying to figure out, they may create posts online. They may create dummy products to market just to extract data of like, hey, we got more likes, we got more page views, et cetera, et cetera, uh, because it says um, um, no palm oil or some bullshit like that, right? Legitimately, you are already part of this matrix and you may not realize it. So taste GPT is already happening and has been happening. So I'm not afraid of it. You're just already part of it. So there's nothing you can do about it. Unless you go off the grid. Good luck with that. How can you add to that? I think that there are a lot of choices that are already being made for you, especially in the grocery aisle. So, I mean, what can you do? I don't. Buy Momofuku noodles. I'm a, Simple. I'm a, uh, <laughs> I'm a conscientious objector to this. I would not for this. I mean, I agree. There, there. You guys are. Dave is obviously right that this is going to be a tool. It already is a tool, it, not just in food, but in, in anything. Right. You, you look at. What, like websites like Business Insider, right, where they'll just have the same article with 65 different SEO titles and just keep on churning until it sticks, right? You can you can relabel food as many times with as many different trends as you can until until something sticks, uh, right? You know what? They finally got me. I finally clicked on, uh, you want to know what these celebrities look like? <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I did it. Guess what? By clicking on that shit, they know a lot about me. <laughs> right, right. Uh, of course, of course they do. They don't, I, I'm not clicking on celebrities that are from like the 1990s. I'm clicking on celebrities from the 1980s. So they know a lot about me. You, you don't know it. This shit. I, this is, but you're part of this fucking, you are already part of the problem. This shit. Wait, just quick, can I just take a quick digression for my, my time to address that? The other day I was scrolling through Instagram. Just doing the fucking, you know, you're in the, in the rabbit hole of watching these little, these videos. And I saw some, I don't follow professional wrestling at all. But I saw some clip of two guys arguing with each other <laughs> who turned out to be Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. And I don't know who these people are, but oh my God, did I spend two hours reading the Wikipedias about these fucking Ooh. guys. Just like, who are these guys? What is this thing? Oh my God, I'm in. I'm into wrestling. How much does WrestleMania cost in a pay-per-view? I'm going to buy this shit. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Listen, my, my main point with this thing is, yeah, of course. Of course, this is going to dictate how we eat, what we eat, all of this stuff. But for the same reason that Chang and I have discussed many times in the past, I, I hate this. I hate, I hate the sort of algorithmic programming of suggestions for you based on your habits. Because what I think is so important is that we break our habits. You know, nothing, nothing good in my life has happened since I became an adult by following who I my, my natural instincts, <laughs> you know, my natural instincts are going to drive me to just be the laziest, shittiest, most boring <clears throat> comfort food. It's always going to drive me to the middle. And all you can do is try to take a stand, uh, in the opposite direction. So I'm going to watch all my friends who invest in this, get rich and laugh their way all the way to the bank. And I'm going to sit on the sideline. Holy like, shit. I just, you just gave me in like a holy fuck epiphany. What's up? Um, AI that's going to already, it's already putting 
humanity at 70%. <laughs> it, that's exactly what it is. AI fucking good is on you. shooting. Good on you, AI. Yeah, you did it. They are the fucking, they're, the, they're chanting, we are the 70%. That's fucking that's, sick. That is what it is. You really challenged for the moon on that one, AI. Good job. So that's what it's always going to drive you toward is, is, is the <laughs> mediocre. And you're never going to have the highs and you're never going to have the lows. You're just going to be sitting in the middle of the matrix, feeding the machine, conscientious objector cell. As an exercise, can you guys do a chat GPT uh, commencement speech for Dave and just see what it comes up with? Oh, I would love man. to know. Why'd you say that on air? Oh. I might just use that. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to use Chris GPT on this one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hell of a round, Chris. Um, I, I thought Chris made great points about being a conscientious objector to this. and He wins with no handicap. Good. And, wow. <laughs> Extra point for bringing up WWE and WrestleMania since I'm a huge fan of wrestling. What's so. up with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns? Is that a real thing? Did I just? That's a real thing. They are facing off of WrestleMania. Are yeah. you going to WrestleMania? I uh, conscientiously objected to going to WrestleMania because it's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think the tickets are like ten grand. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I think I'm going like Temecula for a monster truck race with Hugo. <laughs> the Hugo? The Hugo? Nice. You want to go? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Earplugs, right? Yeah, let's know. do it. All right, Chris, you have five points. Dave has six. Wow. <laughs> it's really, this is, this is like, like, like real. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's bullshit. This is like. Kids today going, I got 1600 on my SAT. Bullshit. Fucking <laughs> bullshit. It's like 1100. Uh, five years, 15 years ago. Fucking motherfuckers. <laughs> Destabilized Dave. This is exactly the game plan. All right. Um, I'm sorry, Noel, you're at two, but you've been. You've been it doesn't move. matter. Everyone that's listening is like, Noel won. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. People are pissed at us yeah. no matter what. Noel won. These two Neanderthals just swing their clubs while Noel's making so loud and they don't want to know what's going Yell, 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 yell. Fucking assholes. You guys have had great arguments. They've had great arguments. And you you have added a lot, Noel. So uh, for our final round, okay. Shohei Otani struck out Mike Trout to help Japan to a 3-2 victory over USA in the World Baseball Classic. And he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. The current Los Angeles Angels two-way phenom is going to pick which team he's going to go to next year. If you're Japanese and you need to eat in a Japanese city, which or in a in an American city, sorry, uh, which Japanese or which American city has the best Japanese food scene? What? Which American Whoa. city or which Major League Baseball? Yeah, what's the real baseball team city? I think it's two questions. Yeah, prediction of where he plays, and what's the best city to eat Japanese food? All across the board, Japanese food, right? Across the board. Whatever, I'm still holding out hope that he'll come over to the Dodgers, who continue to play, pay so much money for Sucking so many up players. To the judge. But uh, this motherfucker's got Dodgers what? tattooed to his ass. Moody <laughs> <laughs> lost, Chris. This is a point fucking... It's just a race to see who yeah. would say Dodgers first. It's fucking bullshit, dude. But it's true if you oh, think about on. it. I don't know. I. As of right now, I can't I can't imagine what team would really shell out for him. Number one. Number two, what city would he go to for your question, you know, which is where could you find the Japanese food? If we're thinking about it that way, oh, I'm going to keep it simple. It's the Dodgers. I feel that uh, Steve Cohen's going to sign him for over $575 million, an eight-year deal. That's what I predict. It's $575 other, yeah. million. I think it's going to get to like 60 
maybe, you know, he's going to be the most expensive contract per year by far. If he doesn't win, People Magazine, Time's Sexiest Man of the Year, they're racist as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Racist. Do you hear that, People Magazine? If he's not your fucking cover star, sexiest man in the world, you're racist as fuck because he's a sexy motherfucker. He's so handsome. He just so happens to be the fastest fucking player maybe in the major league, have the best arm in the major league, and the best bat. I love him. <laughs> Do you? I love him. I love him. Hmm. I was so happy when Mike Trout got struck out, struck out. And listen, I think he's going to sign with the Mets, but I'm not giving New York City the best Japanese food. There's a lot of great Japanese restaurants, but there are some great like izakaya and like food. Again, if you go to New York izakayas, it's like traditional izakaya food where it's yakitori, it's this ketchup, it's like a brasserie. That's not the case for some of the izakayas here in LA. Um, Torrance has great Japanese food. Also, uh, Gardena has great Japanese food. Otofuku, again, is one of my favorite, favorite restaurants. If that was in New York, I say that to my wife all the time. We eat there all the time. New York has high-end sushi. Locked down, wrapped up. It's not even a fucking competition. And sorry, LA, that's probably going to get me in some fights, but it's okay. You lost. There's no fucking way you can compare with New York City, high-end, super expensive, $600 to $1,000 per person sushi. It is just, they just got it. We don't have that quite at that level. But that doesn't mean that Japanese food as a whole isn't better in the Los Angeles area because it is. You got some terrific restaurants in 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 little Tokyo and just across, there's even great restaurants in the SGV area where I've discovered and they're fantastic. So I think overall, we're not even including ramen and there's tons of ramen. Japanese food here is great. Although uh, I will say that the Mitsuas are better on the East coast. Mitsuas here fucking suck. Hmm. The one, especially the one, the two in uh, Torrance, they're not great. The one in Jersey, Mitsua is like fucking, on HGH steroids. I think by the time that we're talking about Otani moving, like Japanese food in Brooklyn specifically is going to get even better. Like right now, there's actually a, a large Japanese population like in the Greenpoint Williamsburg area. And the amount of like traditional Japanese food that's restaurants that are opening in that area are growing. So, well, again, I, I uh, hear yes, you. yes, better, but you can't get like, uh, you know, the kind of mochi artistry you get here. That's There's right. just specific kinds of specialists here mm-hmm. in Japan, uh, in LA, that New York will have maybe down the road, but not yet. Not yet. Not maybe mm-hmm. never. Mm-hmm. I think Shohei is going to be like. There's no good Japanese food anywhere here. I just need to stay. <laughs> I need to stay as close to Japan as possible. I was going to the Mets. I think you can stay West Coast for proximity to Japan. Mm. Anaheim is not where you go for Japanese. I food. think he's got. Is that true? Anaheim's not necessarily. There's Costa Mesa. So. Yeah, but I think it's not Anaheim proper. <laughs> I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be tricked. <laughs> I, think that, I think that I think he's going to want to stay West Coast. I'm doing this just I'm narrowing it on the answer. I think he's going to be stay West Coast for proximity. I think he's going to Diamondbacks. Be, Come on, dude. <laughs> I think he's going to be fooled by either the Mariners or the Giants into thinking there's good Japanese food enough Ooh. for him nearby. No, Seattle's fucking good this year. Giants blah. But the Giants are going to have 
no. still have the still have the capital, right? Because they didn't sign what's his face. No, but there's no there's no compelling need. The Giants are not nearly as good as the other teams out there. Even the Dodgers. Fine, Mariners. <laughs> he's gonna follow Ichiro <laughs> to the Mariners. Chris, you're he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna call Ichiro and be like, "Oh, Japanese food's fine there. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You're close to Japan. It's cool. It's cool." He's gonna go to the Mets because no one's gonna outpay him. I mean, he's just gonna get more money from the Mets. And Jimmy Kimmel, uh, cousin Sal, and every Mets fan is gonna fucking rejoice. Also, you guys have to believe if he, he's got to win Sexiest Man of the Year. Fuck his fucking hundred mile per hour kick pitches. Good, Good looking, looking man. man. Yeah. Good looking man. Yeah. I feel it. How is he? He's like Superman. He's fast as fuck. Yeah. So I don't understand handsome. him. I don't, he's just dreamy. And I love him. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's a buy on Shohei Otani for sure. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, Noel won that, obviously, for measuring the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Noel won that, obviously. Yay, team I knew, you know. no choice. <laughs> the Dodgers swung the whole thing. Go blue. Go blue. That's a victory for Chang. Yeah. Six to five to three. I did it. I did it. I'm, I'm retiring. <laughs> Never I, playing this game again. I did it. Buying. I, I Selling. Did it. That's it. <laughs> I did it. Give us five stars, folks. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, you know. <laughs>